Hello and welcome to the Mullet Over podcast. That was what you that all were. That was all what you were missing last <laughs> week when I, I didn't was in. Do that. I yeah. know. I listened. You didn't even. Yeah. I was very disappointed. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie that you didn't do it. I could kind of tell in the way you were introducing it that you were thinking about it. Yeah, but it crossed my mind, but I decided that he had it that. on his mind. I can uh, see that. <laughs> Wait, we. I've been like saying we need a real jingle, like something, like just an opening <laughs> montage, and so far because I just I made one up the first time. It's like stuck. And Here comes the contest. I yeah. can see it coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did reach out to somebody, so we might have one in the coming weeks. That would be cool. We will see. But yeah. So I'm back from Hawaii, which was back. a lot of fun. Have you ever been to Hawaii? Never been to Hawaii. Okay. It's more expensive Florida with mountains. That's what I would. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very beautiful. It was a lot of fun. Me and Sasha went there. Got to see my cousin Craig. It was, it was a great time, but I'm happy to be back. I don't like time changes. Like, I love destinations. I'm not really a big fan of traveling. That's what I've realized. Like, <laughs> I don't like your fingers and be 100%. there. 100%. I don't like driving. I don't like flying. Transportation. Or, or yeah, trans. Yeah. What is it? Uh, where you just translation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Translation. Translate and be somewhere else. Yeah. That was Philip, right, in the Bible? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we have a special guest today. You want to introduce her? Very special. Yes. Jerry. Um, and a, Jerry Gardner. Yeah. And uh, she's part of our ministry team. She ministers to the kids, which is dear to our hearts. She does a phenomenal job. And we hear glowing reports from the families whose kids you're ministering to. And I'll never forget when you met with Nathaniel. And uh, and that was pretty incredible, what he opened up about. We still got the pictures on our refrigerator from that day. That's a good thing. And... uh, I, I don't know how typical he was of of your clients, but he usually kind of beat marches to the beat of his own drum, <laughs> and uh, and he did that day too. But yeah, it's awesome to watch just an anointing and a gifting in that arena. And your conference that we did here, I was like a lot of rich content and your story. You you brought in a lot of your own journey, so much of it that it was That's going. Why I'm here, right? Yeah, yeah, we're going. We got to hear that, you know, and and that. For so many people, that is a part of why they do what they do, yeah. is you know, is their own healing journey. And well, and meeting with Nathaniel um, truly was different and a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, although I come out of a background of, of special education, and but he he was so unique in the mm-hmm. sense of just his love for you all and his family and giving him moments of just <clears throat> attention to and then watching him put that on paper. Yeah. You know? Yeah, who was in his circle? Yeah, and who was that? Yeah, I'm yeah. glad you still have. The you picture. can't. You, I remember it. This is how I remember it. Like you, you had a plan, and because you are so well thought out and planned. And Nathaniel's like, "No, we're not doing your plan. We're going to start with my plan." And we, right. we said it might be good to like let him go with this. He's doing. He's trying to say something. We all kind of figured out he's talking about his family, and and this is my favorite part. He was like, you know, Bo is this one, and and Philip is this one, and Dad is the woolly mammoth. And mom is the Tyrannosaurus Rex. And I'm like, yeah, I'll play that one again and again. And, <laughs> they all were in his circle. And, uh, circle. and then you pull out all the emotion things. And, he, and, and, it's, at a certain, and at first he's playing along and then he's like, okay, I'm done with this. But, you know, and then you, you draw the heart and, and you're asking what emotions are yeah. in your heart. And he's like, pushes that away and yeah. starts grabbing the dinosaurs and puts all the dinosaurs and they're his family members. And he goes, this is what's in my heart. Mm-hmm. He was answering your question, but it's like, 
Like, I know what you're asking, and it has in nothing to do. In the best way, he yeah. did it. Yeah, yeah it was just like. Was the best. And then thank the, God you guys were there because yeah, you, oh, yeah. you understand him. Well, and the picture, too, when he started drawing, at first I was like, like, oh, my God, it was so decisive. He's drawn image after image after image, and, and he's telling us. And it was like, he. I think you asked, like, what would be your favorite thing to do or something like that. And he said, Mom and Dad, leave. <laughs> Philip and Anna, come <laughs> and right. sleep over. And we have sleeping bags. And we eat chicken and French fries. And he's drawn all this on a picture <laughs> as fast and decisively as could be. And all he and he's got all these little because you can't tell what some of the drawings are. But there's all these little circles. Well, those are all toys, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, like, and it blew me away because so often we ask questions and we don't usually have that media sitting in front of us, and and um, and so we're missing so much. And it was amazing what he he said. I think that that for me, it's it's like. There's so much locked up inside of kids, all kids. Um, And if they're just given space and time and love, you Mm. know, it's it's a matter of letting them have a way to express it. And I think that that's so so much for me um, with my own kids. I Mm. didn't do as well a Mm. good a job at because I was a bit on the workaholic side and just so busy going, coming and going. Mm. And um when I got to begin to do more with them as they got older and then with other people's children, it just became like, oh, just unlock their hearts. Just yeah. unlock their hearts. Oh, yeah. You do that you well. And so it's good. I, I love it. So Awesome. Yeah. So you I got, go for it. I got, okay. Go yeah. for it. Yeah. So, so first off, how did, you, how did we get connected? I don't know if I know that story. We got connected because of Jackie Walker up in Gainesville at okay. St. Andrews knows Matt. Okay. And mentioned to her, or to him, uh, she mentioned to him that um, that I worked with children because he must have been saying there's a need. Mm-hmm. And so that's Matt called me and said he'd gotten my name and would I come up and meet and that's it. And then we came up here one day, <coughs> and I knew nothing about um, you know I'm not from this area, yeah, so yeah. Um, but I was immediately blown away by what appears to be a very small situation mm-hmm. operating in a very large way. Mm-hmm. And um, I just knew it was a, an audience that I was willing to work with and, and be a part of. And it's been, a, it's been good. It's uh, been good it for feels me. like hand in glove, like what you do and what you, how you minister is exactly what is mm-hmm. on our heart and mind. So, well, yeah. and, you know, some people say, <clears throat> what you go all the way to Brandon. Cause I live in Sarasota, you know, you go all the way to Brandon and I go, yeah. It's worth it, you know, mm-hmm. it's worth it. And mm-hmm. there's a captive group of kids mm-hmm. here that yeah. make it, you know, a good day, good day. And I've, yeah. I've learned a lot from them. So cool. Very good. That's awesome. How long have you been doing this ministry? Um, with, uh, I've been in the ministry um, with Inner Healing since 1994. Okay. Um, went to work, began working with adults mostly in adult appointments. And then parents would say, why can't you do this with our children? And I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> Never Let's tried. Give it a try. But I do come out of education and uh, specifically working with small groups of children. And so my pastor at the time would just like, okay, they would like you to work with their kids. And the first couple we worked with, um, the parents were having their own things. And I worked with their 15-year-old son, and I worked with um, their 5-year-old daughter. And two very different ages. Mm. And the son... 
um, was dealing with a lot of anger issues, and but he was so wanting somebody to help him figure out why. Mm. It was it was a frustration for him that he lost mm. his temper as much as he did, and the little girl um, was just precious at five years old and trying to live within a family where all this was going on at one time. But they healed as a family, and it was wonderful. And that was probably the first time working with the, the kids mm-hmm. in inner healing. Mm-hmm. And it began with an easel pad on the floor, really, and markers. Yeah. That's how we started. And uh, it's and, and, mm-hmm. and just became a part where I don't know how we're going to do this, but I know it's I'm very visual and conversational, mm-hmm. and it's going to come out here somehow on the table, and we're just going to go from there. And I really feel like the Lord has led every step of the way with how to work with them because I wouldn't know. I mean, I didn't know when yeah. I, I came in with a plan with Nathan, yeah. Nathaniel, but I didn't have a plan back then. I just yeah. walked in and we just would begin to draw out their story or whatever they wanted. And um, always it seemed like God showed up and mm. I was like, okay, all right, thank you. There's yeah. one way we could approach this. And then slowly began having a, a repertoire, if you will, of, of, different launching activities that's what i call Mm -hmm. them really because inner healing is just inner healing yeah Um, when you get to that part it's all the same kind of basically bringing them to jesus but the getting them to open up became the challenge Mm. and um the kids are really not too hard to open up yeah if you give them the attention the attention i think that's the key word I, i think so often you know you we they see things as fixed. You know, you're an adult. You have limited amount of time. You're trying to get stuff done as fast as you can. That's the right. idea of sitting and listening and engaging, you know, because, I mean, I, I know there are adults who even struggle with figuring out what they're feeling <laughs> and why they're feeling it. And if, you, if you're struggling with that, you can't imagine, you know, you got five-year-olds, eight-year-olds, you know, 15-year-olds even going through stuff that they're still trying to figure out how to process, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, and another group I got to work with early on was I went – I would drive up to Tampa um, once a week and work with an after-school care program. And the parents had given me permission to pull kids in small groups. And it was part of just trying things out. And that was just, again, very exploratory on my part. But it it became very clear, again, if if I pulled a child aside for a day, I mean for an hour, sometimes half an hour, they were just so glad to have the time because they didn't mm. always have that time at home. Many of them were living with other par- grandparents yeah. and not parents. and So well, it made a big difference. So many people grow up and not feeling heard. Right. Um, we were we were in another country. I won't name the country. And, and in that country, children are better um, not seen and not heard. And, and it affected, like, many of the leaders of this ministry, their mm-hmm. kids weren't even walking with God. Mm-hmm. And they confronted us because they were like, your kids are your idol. And I was like, our idol? And it was because we wanted time with them. We That's spent right. time with them and attention. I was like going, I'm not going to judge you for what is going on with you, mm-hmm. but I am not going to empower you to mm-hmm. take that from me. You know. And I remember I, I had a great parents and a great relationship with them, but I remember a season where I'm going, you don't listen to me. That's right. And, and, and I knew how to play the game. I was like, I'm either going to get a lecture and anything I say is just going to extend the lecture or I can go, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You're right. Thank you so much. So much wisdom. And I did that to keep the lecture short. Mm -hmm. Because if you want to know what was going on, it was going to cost me. Mm -hmm. 
and 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 that dynamic changed. Praise God! But for a while, I was going. I want to be heard. I want to be known. I am sucking wind right now. You know, we moved 13 times growing up, and it was one of those times, and it was a transition. And and I'm struggling in classes that I was used to acing easily, but it it was all about being lazy. And well, yeah, I was lazy. I didn't apply myself. I never had to. <laughs> and now here I was applying myself more than ever. And I had stupid teachers, literally. I, I mean, like that's an excuse, but I really had some really lousy. <laughs> teachers that didn't know what they were doing and it affected the whole class and i'm stuck in that world and i gotta go there and that's that can grade my intelligence and give me an assessment and i was like you'd get the wrong problem on your own (laughs) math problem i like (laughs) like and so i'm i'm living that and and i got nobody that can listen or will listen you know and i see especially in the teenagers that I work with, um, a lot of that very thing you're saying is that it, life has kind of become a series of lectures, mm-hmm. um, that comments about what they're doing right or wrong or whatever, and um, so they uh, they have to quit talking a lot. And mm-hmm. so you know, three things I tell parents when I start working is that I want there's three things I want the child to know who they really are mm-hmm. in themselves, their core self, their core values. I want them to have voice and mm. to use their voice in a very good way. And, and the third thing is then to be empowered, mm. to make decisions, to speak mm. up, to do those mm. things. And I do find people just saying it's not worth the battle. I'm not, yeah. I just quit. You know, and then the parents see the separation and they start, what's wrong? What's wrong? And so a lot of the work I do, I mean, I'm on the phone with the parent is, and, and, you know, before and after with the child. And it's bridging, bridge, uh, bridging gaps that have been there. Because yep. they have the younger ones, not so much. You know, the younger ones are still within that place. But my own kids, um, it really was a lifestyle in our home, but not when they were real little. It became a lifestyle. Uh, what we, became a lifestyle? The the living with inner healing kind of concept mm, to talk yeah. about their hearts, to to bring them when they were hurting to Jesus, not me try to fix everything. Mm. All of that became. And I would say uh, my youngest was probably four at the time, and my oldest was 10 or 11, and they had the 10, and, and then my middle one was three years, so seven. And, you know, we began, it was a change for them because suddenly we were a little more interested in that. It wasn't that we were bad parents. We were just busy parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you get into the <coughs> ball fields and the going every, you know, dropping off, picking <coughs> Some of our best moments happened in the car. explaining to a friend of ours. It was like, I knew. I couldn't get rid of my dad until I talked. <laughs> and it was like, wow, I didn't realize. <laughs> oh, it was funny. Well, they'll give um, us what we ask for from them. Yeah, yeah. If we really yeah, are, yeah. if we show that we're interested. Yeah. If it's just one of those kind of yeah. brush off comments, yeah. then they're going to pull yeah. away. Yeah. 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 It's true. I, I challenge parents a lot of times. I'm like, when was the last time you sat for 30 minutes and looked at your kid? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, never in my entire life. I'm like, that's. A lot of times what it takes and i and i think that's my heart is that it's the kid parents i mean yes other professionals to learn to do this as well but the parents to really embrace it mm-hmm. and not just you know think they're dropping off with me and so mm-hmm. that's why those conversations with the parents become so critical um i sent email out last night with three other things i worked with their um the person's daughter on and i taught the parent the three techniques and said 
you need to be able to do these yeah. you know with them because they responded to this this is something so easy to do mm. and um if that happens then it will become a lifestyle mm-hmm. you know it will become let's talk about it but let's use this to help us talk about it or mm-hmm. and and i think that's the change um and of my three daughters they all <coughs> i can see them using two of them have children and i can see them using similar things not so much mm-hmm. the techniques but the, the, the spirit of it all yeah and um my middle daughter um she's still very big on asking for inner healing prayer you know, mm. she, she knows they know yeah. the beauty of it yeah yeah and what it's done so um it's funny if you talk about something like an inner vow like i will i will always or i will never which is yeah. when we take these life decisions on ourselves and forget about god we, yeah. you know, we leave him out so in our house, it used to walk around. We'd say those things because all of us say them so naturally. And our kids would go, don't say that. Yes, I have heard my quick. own counsel come back to me. <laughs> but that's good. That means yep. I get it. Yep. I get it. Yep. Have you ever read the book uh, <laughs> Loving Your Kids on Purpose? I have read part, yes. Okay, with Danny yeah. Silk. He, yeah, he, Danny he, tell, Silk. he tells a story with... Um, he was working at the public school system. And so once a kid had been expelled from school so many times, they had to go through a program for any schools to be open. This is like public schools. And so the parents would come with their kids and he's like, they always came in like head down shame. Like I'm a bad parent. My kid's Mm -hmm. bad. And the only advice he said was you have to sit with them and listen to them. You just have Mm -hmm. to sit and talk with them and find out what's going on. That's the only homework for 30 minutes. Take them somewhere and listen to them. And you know, people were talking about how, you know, like they had gone through all kinds of counseling, all kinds of stuff to try to fix the kid or fix the parent when they realized they just lost sight of each other and hadn't connected. And he had like the highest success rate and they had him teaching what to do. And it was pretty much just sit down, listen, <laughs> reconnect. Well, and because because of the busyness of everything oh, yeah. and kids are overextended, they are very overextended. And my kids, you know, they were in sports. We loved the ball field, mm-hmm. but we were there before cell phones, so it was even better because it was Saturday morning when nobody mm-hmm. could get hold of us. But um, it it just became so easy to just kind of get through the routine. And, you know, it's we're never going to go back to the world we kind of grew up in where you just come home from school and you play and you just, you know, we grew up in a different world. It's mm-hmm. just not that anymore. Um, and so, so often I'll hear parents um, – just you know lamenting about the time and it is a challenge to find the time Mm -hmm. it's critical but it it makes all the difference in the world and the other issue that i find um is that parents want to assume this world is so much like well we grew up in hard times too Mm -hmm. and i just look at the parent and i say you know what we didn't ever grow up in what kids are growing up in today this is so different and so bewildering and so many so much confusion out there that um don't don't just throw that back and say oh i grew up in hard times too no you didn't grow up in this time and this is different the amount of voices kids hear on a you know a daily basis like i mean when you were growing up how many tv channels were there we would like a a good tv was three or four Mm -hmm. um and many times it was two or one right you know depending on and now you have millions of apps millions of channels (laughs) unlimited you know streaming wars that with anybody with a cell phone can be an influencer and you have kids who are who are being influenced from that like i sit with kids in ministry who just talk about how their entire view of the world has come from just tiktok 
I'm like, that's a terrifying thought. They they argue their parents based on what TikTok has said and what TikTok has taught them. And it's fact check. Holy cow! Like a lot of people, that is their their how they tell what is true and what is not. And it's I don't know what you mean by fact check. Fact checkers is is like just what they go to if like they hear something they go to fact checkers which have been bought and their own so like rather than being able to come up with objective truth their their source for testing things is is a faulty propaganda anyway so yeah yeah no that's not with kids kids are it's 12 year olds influencing other 12 year olds it's yeah, not there's no not po- like they're I'm thinking of some of the 30-year-olds yeah, that were not, big not into a that kid. for a while. That's yeah. not a kid anymore. No, yeah. Like, we're talking 12-year-olds, you know, 8-year-olds. I mean, like, there. I know people who, like, aren't allowed to have cell phones and are still cyberbullied. They, they don't have a cell phone, and when they go to school, people have shared stuff at their class all about them and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's, like, it's, it's, it's different. Like, you, different. the type of, you know, <clears throat> the world that I didn't even live in it. You know, like the first cell phone I got was when I was 15 and it was a dumb phone, you know? So the, the idea that like what my kids will go through will be a lot different than what, mm-hmm. than what I went through. So the other thing I hear so often from pretty much middle school and up is I'm not allowed to have my own thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, because of the whole, you know, if you don't agree with me, yeah. you know, type of thing. So they shut down. They oh don't, yeah. They don't share. And again, to have a place to share those things without being judged is real important. But it makes me very sad when I hear that because that just means that there's just a dis- such a disconnect. You know, it's either this way or no mm-hmm. way, and and that's what they're feeling. I mean, oh, there's 100%. a lot of that that's going on, and they just I'm not allowed to have my own thoughts. So therefore, what is inside me doesn't count, and and that's a painful place to be because for a child that just means. I just come in and pretend. I just come in and, and pretend. And, and I was a kid that wore a mask. I mean, pretended. That was probably one of my first inner healings myself was this whole so, issue of having a mask on all the time. Tell us your journey into inner healing. And yeah. <coughs> well, I, I was um, raised in the church, but not a, um, I wouldn't say born again believer at that point. Uh, in college, I got away from it like many people do. And when we came back to the church, when we had kids, we still were pretty dual living, <laughs> go to church, but go home and, and uh, do things we shouldn't do. And um, at that point, we had some drug addiction going on. And um, at some point in 94, uh, we, we found the Lord, and that began. We were immediately immersed. I, left, I was working in rehabilitation uh, for people with disabilities been 15 years and was you know in a high position there and um, when we found the Lord I within six months was ministering at a church um, in an administrative role but still it was a move like a walk of faith we gave up my salary <coughs> went to church, work at this church full-time for half the pay and that was an immediate inner healing immersion because that's what this church was beginning so my fifth day on the job we had our first inner healing appointment of which I knew very little about but we began that on com- those conferences and just became immersed in it that that way. And like I said, that's where I got introduced to working with the children, and um, so the adults, the children. And in 2009, stepped out in our own ministry, compelled by grace, and that was um, truly a moment where the Lord just picked you up and said, "It's time." 
and um, it was an issue of multiplication of the ministry. I know that. Uh, it was painful because I didn't quite know how to live out there without the umbrella I was under and um, just began moving from that point on and doing this kind of work. The, the book didn't get written. My book, Hearts That Matter Much, did not get written until 2013, got published. It was about a seven-year journey of writing it because the perfectionist in me would not let it finish. Mm -hmm. I kept seeing the end of the book in my head, and I couldn't see it ever getting to that place. Mm -hmm. So I wrote and wrote, put it down, got discouraged, and we got called to Canada to pastor a church. So I was senior pastor of a church in Canada in uh, British Columbia for three years, and during that time, the Lord got me back writing and finishing the book, so it got published right as we left Canada. So ever since then, that's pretty much since 2014, 15. This has been more of the focus than even more so than the adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. But yeah, it's it came out of our own desire, you know, to see our kids lived in this, and I think this is how it ought to be. And if kids could do it now. When they're little, oh yeah, that's a whole lot easier than Teach, digging out forty years of teaching stuff. language. I think is such an important thing for like emotional <laughs> language mm-hmm. for really young kids. What are some things that you would teach people with parents of for different ages? So like, what's something that a, a parent can focus on with their kids that are under five, under ten, in their teens? Like, what are different things that they can kind of focus? Well, I on? think well, I think the under fives. You know, it's a it, that's mostly a sit down on the floor and play. You know, just creative play, creative, and, and asking, letting, asking questions that are just fun questions. And I watched my daughters do this, and, and they're really good at it, you know, getting uh-huh. down at the same level, you know, and, and doing just fun activities and always about sharing their heart. One of my granddaughters, who's six now, but she has her own little calming technique. When she mm. gets very upset, she knows, take a little deep breath, and then she sits down and she calms herself down. And it's and it's just like she knows to do it. She doesn't yeah. even have to be prompted anymore. Every day they speak affirmations over each other. And my, mm. I just watched my oldest daughter just do this with her 8-year-old. Every morning they hold hands and do kind of a ring around the rosy, but they're saying, you are strong, you are courageous, you are this, you mm. are loved by God, you are... And it's just built into the play life of their life. That's so cool. But that it's so amazing. every day. And, and they've done this since they were tiny. You know, they know the Bible verses. They know this. His, his uh, oldest son is one of the more emotionally intelligent, you know, verbally. I can definitely brag on my wife for that. She, she was like, you know, she read all these different books when, when he was younger. And so he's very like verbally advanced. And so when he was two, he'd be like, I'd be like, are you upset? No, dad, I'm mad. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. He's like, I'm mad that you did this, but I'm going to forgive you. I'm like, you're two years old. You're not supposed to be, you know, talking to me like this and correcting me on how you feel. And oh, my gosh. He is a hoot. Like, yeah. it's amazing what comes out of his mouth. Yeah, and, he's uh, definitely a talker for sure. Yeah. But that yeah. he can share his feelings, yeah. you know, and not have somebody say, oh, you're too young. Or, yeah. you know, and you know how many adults you work yeah. with who say, I was never allowed to yeah. share. Yeah. You know, one I'm just working with says she was never allowed to cry, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and it's so hard because that's so ingrained at that point that you really have to, you know, take off layer. Rewire your brain, you know, on a. But little ones, you know, they I want them to cry just because they're happy. I want them to cry Mm because they're, you know, excited. I I want them to I want them to laugh because they can laugh and even laugh at themselves some Mm -hmm. instead of everything being I, I being a perfectionist. You know what that means? You're always a failure because yes. you can't ever be perfect. How do you so love yourself? Everything yeah. was a failure. Everything was a failure for me in my life. 
no matter I never would you know be able to get to the end of it mm. and um I have a sticker on my refrigerator that says she's so far behind she you know because I was always behind always behind never could reach my goal um I'm so far behind I thought I was in first place you know <laughs> but I can laugh about it now but I was not a fun person I yeah. was not a fun mom mm. um I'm not belittling myself but I wasn't a fun mom I was yeah. a serious on task person See, I thought mm. I was going to be a fun parent until we had kids and then my wife is way more fun than I could ever be <laughs> she's like like it, it gives me anxiety how much fun she is we'll just put it that way she's like who cares what happens to the house we're gonna play and have a good time and the squeals that come oh. from her yeah from all, from all of them from like, is everybody okay them. oh that's Sasha squealing yeah, yeah. They have yep. way more fun. When I come home, they're like, oh, dad's home. I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is actually funny. So at, at Sunday school on Sunday, they were teaching on the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they were explaining how they were more, they cared more about rules than, you know, mm-hmm. than God. And so they were like, do you guys know anyone who cares more about rules than anything else? And my, my four-year-old's like, oh, my dad. My oh, dad wow. cares more about <laughs> rules than anyone I know. <laughs> and I was like, what? And she's like, no, no, but like, I don't remember what the other questions. There were some other funny questions and, you know, it kept going, but I was like, well, he has spoiled by his grandparents. He's, he's the first grandchild <laughs> on either side. So, you know, he's, you know, completely spoiled, but I was like, man, I thought I was going to be the fun parent, but no, I'm, I'm the Pharisee. <laughs> 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 uh, That's not a fun role. No. My husband used to get on the ground and play with the kids and I'd be cooking dinner. Yeah, yeah. They would start squealing yeah. and laughing and I'd go, stop, everybody stop because it'd be too loud for me. And, they go, Mom, we're just playing. Stop, you know, because well, I didn't I didn't know how to play. Yeah. And that was always it was almost a, a jealousy in, oh, yeah. in some ways that I couldn't get out there and do that. And one of the first times my oldest daughter saw me in a funny role in a skit one time as an adult after I'd kind of loosened up and had <laughs> some healing and she didn't recognize me and she actually it, it, she laughed during the thing, but afterwards she came and said, I don't know who that woman was, and mm. I don't know why I never got to know her. Mm. And it was a very painful wow. moment mm. because wow. I had never mm. been loose and funny. And, yeah. you know, but, you know, that's what healing does. Yeah. Healing gives us back our childhood in, mm. in yeah. that sense. You know, I could go us to Bee Ridge Park and swing on a swing yeah. because now I'm a kid, a kid again, you know. Yeah. And it's, I think too many kids are losing that opportunity mm. when they've got everything regimented yeah and parents who don't know how to be kids they're not going to be as good to help so getting them to play together becomes a huge part so five-year-olds and under yeah and the rest of it i think is just engaging one-to-one time as much as possible if there's three kids in the family that's tough but you know parents need to take the one-to-one go on little outings with one while the other parent watches the other two and um it's hard in single-family homes because that opportunity yeah. gets less and less. What are some of the remarkable stories that you mm-hmm. have seen, whether it's in your own family, your own journey, or some of the people that you've ministered to, but like that really stand out to you? I think for um, <clears throat> one that always stands out to me, and, and this really is about the Lord and where he meets people, um, and this one is for my own family, but when my middle daughter, Jessie, um, she came home from school, and a note had been passed about her in school, and she was crying all the way home. And I couldn't quite tell me what was wrong till we got home, and then she told me. And, it, and she was a happy, popular kid, but this one day a note went around the room, and everybody was laughing at her. And um, she didn't know at first it was about her until she started realizing everybody that read it looked at her and laughed. 
So she realized, and it came back, and she was devastated by this. Mm -hmm. She yeah. never had that happen. And um, yeah. but the first thing she said to me is, "I want to pray." And what a you know what a gift. Oh wow, yeah. that's amazing. Gift. You know, I comforted her obviously, but first thing is, let's pray. So we sat on the bed and prayed. And when I asked her to go back, and, and we call it a healing of a memory, but it's 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 like we know the Lord was there with us because He's with us all the time. He's always been with us. So I just simply said, can you go back to that memory, which was only two hours old, mm. and ask the Lord to meet you there? And she did. And the thing that blows me away is because I never ask, what did he look like? I, you know, because it's not about looking and seeing. It's about his presence being there. It could be felt, could be, you know, whatever way they, they engage yeah. it. But that <clears throat> particular day, I said to her, what did, what did he look like? What does he look like? And she said, she just started grinning. She said, Mommy. He's 12 years old, and he has jeans and a T-shirt on. Hmm. And what did she need more than anything that day? She was 12 years old, and these were her friends that had hmm. turned against her. And so she just had this. I, I couldn't have made that up. I yeah. mean, that was just yeah. a moment of God. Yeah. And, I, of course, I'm sitting there crying, and, and mm. she's letting Jesus take the note from her, and, and, and that kind of thing happened. But I never will forget that memory because it was so obvious he knew what she needed more than mm -hmm. i did and mm -hmm. you know i would have pictured the robed white robe blue sash jesus you know <laughs> yeah. big, big guy you know and um so that always stands out for me another time is a parent who was able to talk about they had actually an intruder kind of situation a mm -hmm. keeping tom kind of situation <clears> at their <throat> home and um woke the daughter up to a flashlight in her face mm. and the dad was able to pick her up and carry her around and and not just comfort her, but together they were able to bring that moment to the Lord and just allow him to help her see it differently and um, his protection being in the room and all of that. And that dad said it was it's hard, much as it broke his heart for her to have gone through that, the ease at which she came through it just because they walked around and prayed. He held her in prayer. She wasn't a small child so it was kind of a big dad holding a big girl but walked around and just prayed for a few minutes and then when she gave the report to the police it was so calm and so clear the police could not believe how calm this child was and and it was just mm. because they knew in that moment don't keep this you know give it away give it back to the lord mm -hmm. so those are those are empowering moments other times it's the pictures you know when because i do a lot with them drawing pictures yeah and um when you see how they envision an emotion, I'll say, you know, if God gave you an easel and you could just draw this feeling that you have instead of trying to explain it, just draw it. I never know what's going to come out on that paper, but sometimes <clears throat> it's the most profound images. And then you have a launching point and, mm -hmm. it, and it blows me away because they really get it. If they had to bring it to words, they wouldn't have words. But if they sit there and just do this with the holy spirit it's just amazing to me what comes out and then then we know how to pray mm. you know sometimes yeah. it's that big ball of yarn one one young man and this one he felt always way far away from his peers he was different he purposely would engage himself with his peers in a way that was would push them away and um and yet he was very lonely but he saw himself as real quirky and, and all this stuff. And, but it was, it was his defense against rejection. But when he drew, we worked quite a long time before he would even put anything you know, down on paper. 
Um, but when he finally drew that feeling, it was this like um, almost like a bubble with him inside it and all the people out here. So you'd think that would have felt like a safe place, but what he drew inside it was flames all around him. So I never forgot that picture because he had never drawn anything. He would only talk before that. And the first time he drew it, it was himself inside a bubble with <coughs> flames just burning him up. And that's how bad the loneliness was for him. Wow. I couldn't, I, you know, that was amazing. Wow. And he was amazed. He had, yeah. you know, he didn't, he just drew it because it, in that moment he was supposed to draw it. But what did that say? That said way more than I ever expected. So it, it matters. It matters that it goes from their heart out in front of them. Mm-hmm. Because in here, it can't be like an interview. It can't be sitting and just interviewing back and forth and back and forth. There's got to be more of an engagement out on the table so they get it out to look at it. And that's, I think, what, what really works, whether it be with rocks that we use sometimes or paper and pen or you know, markers or whatever whatever we do. You know, there's, there's all kinds of things we use, but it's never just about the paper. It's about whatever. You know, one little girl opened up her heart and then put all these rocks on it because that's how she feels so heavy with her feelings. So, Tell us about your book. The book. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's called Hearts That Matter Much. It's um, bringing children to the healing love of Jesus. And it's uh, I, I, my byline is a powerful resource for parents and adults who care for the emotional and spiritual needs of children and youth. So it's kind of a, um, a manual, uh, but it really teaches in a very conversational way with examples all through it what inner healing is what are the what are the characteristics of inner healing what do we why does Jesus want to heal to begin with just who he is and what he wants to heal um and then all the ways that we again so if a parent took this book they would they would really be getting a course in how to do inner healing but with so many kids examples factored in that it would become natural <clears throat> feeling for them. I don't think they would mm-hmm. see it as something you go into a room and do. Yeah. You know, it's just the way you do it. And um, it's got prayers in it. It's got launching activities for um, explana- you know, exploring the heart. Um, it has things that worked really well, some things that didn't work so well. But it's really all about just listen, you know, being led to sit and listen as we said. Let your own you know, inner self and the Holy Spirit lead to ask the questions, you know, get them to express. But I think for people that have read it and use it, um, sometimes they say it's a little heavy for some adults, you know, because it's thick, you know, and kind of, but it's, but it's um, because I try to write to two audiences and that was it, the parents as well as people who are working with children, um, but I think that there's enough conversational that most parents have said, no, this has been really helpful. I walk away with my own healing because, mm, yeah. because I see my own <clears throat> stuff, the vows, the thing, the mm. lies they've believed, the, the hurtful memories, and they've learned to bring Jesus to their own memories. And that, that's helpful. We're often dealing with adults, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and but the stuff we're dealing with very often is stuff they've been like dragging with them, yeah. and and I was, we were dealing with someone recently who was like, well, when I got saved, all that died, mm-hmm. and all that's all that's true is, and I'm like going, well, you sure are dragging around a dead body, and and I'm like, like, 
I'm not into dredging up old stuff, but I'm going, it is there. It is weighing on you. It is sitting on your chest. And the freedom that they get when they process the lies, the rejections, the traumas, whatever that is, mm-hmm. is incredible. And But there's been denying it isn't healing. Well, and I, I get frustrated when people try to just say you're a new creation and move on. You know, I do get frustrated at that. Yes, we are new creations. Um, but it is, it's like the shackle around your ankle when you yeah. can't move on because there's something holding you back. And so, it's a, yeah, I agree. It's not about digging up the past. Yeah. But if a fear is happening, <clears throat> if a person is walking around with fear now, it's not the past. Yeah. Their past is living in them, but it's yeah. now. It's they the have present. that fear now. Yeah. They have the rejection now. They have feelings of offense and abandonment <clears throat> Excuse me. now. So I think that when they understand that, that this is just about, you know, and the root issue, the root cause. You know, the, the notion we use is a weed. If you want to get rid of a weed, how do you get rid of it? You pull it out. And mm-hmm. kids get that. They mm-hmm. always get that. And... Um, so what we're helping them look at is you're carrying this around and that weed is still growing there, but you get to suddenly, you know, pull it out by the roots when you allow Jesus to go back to the first incident, yep. the first cause. Where did the lie come in? And he brings it forward. The Holy Spirit brings it forward. So it's not yeah. about digging up the past. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to remember anything they don't need to remember. That's, that's right. That's what would be torturous. But it's not being afraid for the Lord to take that's us right. back to those That's places right. and uncover the things. And sometimes it's like uh, uh, people live like, no, no, there's nothing here, you know, and they're doing the one covering it. I'm like, I can see this microphone sticking out from behind <laughs> you. Right. Stop denying it. And they're like, no, no, it really, it's, it's part of my past. It's like, you're not even doing a good job of covering it, you know? And, uh, but man, when you, when, when you deal with it, it's, it is powerful. And the look on people's faces when they're, once they realize it's lifted, yeah, you know that God has come and taken it. Or denial didn't lift it. No, no, no. Saying a million times, "I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation." That's right. Didn't deal with it. That's right. And I think there's a lot of um, <clears throat> folks, of pastors even, that are afraid to go back into, you know, something with an inner healing. Not, I mean, forget for themselves, but even for a congregation, they just they they look at that emotional healing as. Um, yeah, no, we don't need to deal with that because we're new and it's a missed opportunity. Yep. Yeah. So we recorded <laughs> one of your conferences, didn't we? And is that available on Lightforce University? Yes, if you go to lightforceuniversity.com, you can find, I think it's the heart of that matter much. Mm-hmm. That's the name conference. of the conference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you want to buy her book if you're going to go through the conference. Where can they find your book? You can find it on Amazon.com. Oh. So convenient. And Barnes and Noble carries it. So okay, yeah. So both of those are did, good. And did you self-publish? I I went through a published. Yes, I self-published. Okay. Through a, a company, and um, yeah, they were they worked well with me. And again, my <laughs> perfectionist. I thought I had to turn it in so picture perfect, and then we had like three editing processes. Yeah. Now I realize, ah, you just kind of get the, it out there. <laughs> one of the, the things I I've learned a lot because I've published a decent number of books. And the the bigger, the better publishers, the minimum is about five. Mm-hmm. And there's different types of editing. There's a type of editing, and I'm trying to remember what kind it is that I have a knack for, that 
I, I used to volunteer, but I'm not the, because it's not my my job. I don't get sure. paid money for it. I just did it for people that care at all. But I'm the one that can often look at something and go, it will be much more gripping. You'll have people read it if you'll do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. I just have a knack for that yeah. element of it. That's a whole unique type mm-hmm. of editing. Like I don't want to touch the grammar and all that stuff. I'm I'm not bad. Well, I am. But it, it's interesting because when I write, I ignore it because it's it's putting the content out. I am not a stickler for it. When I go back through, I can fix a lot of that stuff. But 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 what I have the knack for is is the, you know that it, it's I think it's called what, editorial editing or something. I don't remember, but but it's you know it's yeah. and every one of those is unique. And and there are people that are perfectionists, mm-hmm. get two perfectionists, and the other perfectionist is going to find what the first perfectionist missed. You want those kind of people to be on your editorial yeah. team. You well, know, I, I argued a few of the editing points with my editors because I was thinking they're just not. It doesn't seem right. Well, and you know, rules but, change. Yeah. What's interesting? There was stuff that I didn't like. I had people that this is pro- cr- grammatically correct. And I'm like, going, I've never wrote a book that had it that way. And they could prove it to me. They could show me the book. And I'm like, going, I don't want to do it that way. You know, it'll bug you the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was. I'm trying to think. Um, Doesn't sound natural. It was. It, part of it was the use of pronouns, and it wasn't about our our today. Mm-hmm. But but I'm going. That is not a reader's style. That it it is supposed to be the correct way. And I've t- don't remember. It was like the the his and hers or something like that. I'm like just. Say they or you know whatever it was, you know. What, what, how would it sound? My my heart is like if they're reading it, I want it to sound con- somewhat conversational, yep. not like a textbook. And I think that's what this does for the most part. Yeah. Um, but I do think that it's a it's a book book worth having because oh, yeah. I think it does phenomenal again the inner healing part. Yes. The parents come back and go, wow, you know, I had no idea. Now I see my own stuff in this, and and I'm like. That's why. And when kids and parents can sit down, like we're getting ready to do with one family, a generational tie-breaking um, of you know things that have come down through the generations that have been tough for them, you know, some anger issues and some different things and control. And, and when the parent and child do it together, it is so powerful because, again, yeah. it's not, you know, I tell parents, you have the spiritual authority to do this for your child. Yeah. But if you want to engage the child, yeah. And then we take a big old wooden sword and we cut with yeah. the sword of the spirit. I mean, it, and it becomes, it's just such, and then when the child can say in any generations after me, yeah. you know, that I might yeah. have, it's like such a moment of freedom. Yeah. I think it's such a vulnerable thing for parents to be vulnerable with their, with their kids. I think I, I've seen that be so impactful for so many people when parents will just say like, I'm not perfect. They'll talk about their own mm-hmm. mistakes and they'll, like you said, sitting down on the floor and meeting them. I feel like on an emotional level and not, not having this high horse type mm-hmm. thing. I, I watched that be super impactful for so mm-hmm. many different people. Yeah. With, well, and, and things will look different to your kids at different ages, but um, <clears throat> our oldest daughter, I think, you know, when she was having her um, premarital, you know, counseling, you know, there were questions that about what she would take from her parents, you know, what, uh, marriage, and it, her first reaction was kind of like, not a lot, <laughs> and but then she realized, but that's the old parents, that's mm-hmm. not the ones later on, you know, mm-hmm. and and so I think that uh, you know, if parents, if kids see their parents change. 
And that's why when I work with, with families, I, it can't just be about the child. It is a family dynamic. Yeah. And so I'm often meeting with the pa parent as well, or yeah. at least conversing with them, you mm -hmm. know, whether I do actual prayer time with them or not. Um, but I will go after it because the minute they come in and just say it's only the child, yeah. then you know where the pr it, most it, of the problem it's a, is. It's a relationship. That's the yeah. thing. Like, you know, we have people come and they're like, hey, we're having marriage counseling. Fix this spouse. It's like, it's a dynamic. There's a relationship. There's two of I you. I need you to cast the demons out of my wife. <laughs> Here's my list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yep, okay, we're going to cast you out first. <laughs> so I definitely, I agree that it's, it's a relationship. It's, it takes two people and everything. Not to say that there isn't one person who can sometimes carry more of it, but it's, it's always... Everyone has a part to play. Well, sometimes when I ask, do that first heart activity and about the emotions or feelings in there, sometimes a, a very young child will have a very large word for one of the emotions, and it's not a normal <laughs> child wor word. Yeah. And I, I hear that, and sometimes I'm thinking, how did they learn that word? You know, And it's usually because it's been spoken to them, almost yeah. in a, you know, you're too this, you're too that, or whatever. And... It's it's a it's a red flag when you see that because those kids are incorporating it, hmm. but it's not their it was not their yeah. view of themselves. Their language. It's right. part of their can become part of their identity. We you know, it's one of the things you know like, the Lord kept correcting us on it. Like you know, one of our children would act kind of shy, mm -hmm. and so people would go, "Oh, they're shy," and we'd be like, "Yeah, yeah," and then Nora was like, "Stop that," yeah, and it would be like, "Stop what?" But they are. I was like, oh, my gosh, we're speaking into their identity. And we had to repent, renounce, and then it, and change our language. People go, oh, they're shy? And we were like, no, not shy at all. Mm -hmm. They're like, what? And, and I remember the, the child looking at us going, what? <laughs> You're talking about me. God, this is me. Yeah. And I was like, no, that's not who you are. That's, right. that's not true of you. Yeah. That's why this whole thing of letting a getting a child to know who they really are. Yeah. You know, yeah. what, what are their core values and who do they say they are? And some kids can't tell you who they are. Yeah. They don't know. Some adults I, can't tell you and, who they and, are. And some kids, if I ask them, you know, I have one of the activities, you know, what would, how would somebody else, if I was a reporter on the street and I asked somebody to tell me about you because they know you, what would they say about you? Some kids have no concept of what somebody else would say about yep. them. They feel so, like, you know, not important enough. Mm -hmm. Or they'll have all these things there, but then when you come to what would you say about yourself, they don't know. Yeah. You know, there's an emptiness inside Man, for them. The words of parents are so powerful. We Life and death, you know, terrible twos. Mm -hmm. um, oh, no, you got teenagers. That's going to be horrible. You expect that? Mm -hmm. You're gonna experience it, you know. That's right. And 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 then you know, I, I think about you know one of our kids too. It was like our, we began to see them as rage. That was an issue, mm -hmm. and and spoke that over them, and had that to was repent. Right. <laughs> and, and it was weird. It changed like that when we changed our language. Literally, it just mm -hmm. stopped. Cold it turkey. was all their fault. It, it, <laughs> well, it, it like we we did empower it. We did, and but and it was setting them free. I was like, that's not who you are. That's right. Just yeah. One conversation, it seemed like made this world of difference, and I didn't think much of it. I was like, I said like five sentences, like that's not who you are. You're gonna grow out of this. I know it. Mm -hmm. And then he 
and then he did mm-hmm. like dramatically yeah. and it was like and we kept waiting for the other shoe to drop and it <laughs> stopped dropping <laughs> from every day to yeah. Not at all. And it was like, wow. Well, you spoke words of life into, you know, yeah. words of life because yeah. it, labels are very tough for kids. Yeah. And well, and, and he hated it about himself. He was trying harder than anybody to stop it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, oh, I don't have to do this mm-hmm. and, or something. I, you know, I don't know. I, I had the experience and I go, how come that worked so powerfully? I could explain it, but do you really comprehend what God does in a moment like that, you know? And how God sees them is yeah. such an important question because, yeah. I mean, you probably ask that of adults too. You know, close your eyes and ask God how he sees you, you know. Mm-hmm. And and when that happens and they see something different from the way God looks at them than how they view themselves or how somebody else might have been viewing them and kind of cursing them in that sense, it's a totally different, you know, those are life words. When when he's, that's why it's, I can tell somebody something until they're blue in, until I'm blue in the face. But if the Lord shows them, it's change. It's it's total change. You can take that one to the bank. You know, yeah. it's really. So I to me, it's the joy of. I love that kids like to win. Now I'm not. I don't see myself running a youth group because I don't have the patience <laughs> to run a youth group. But I love going one-to-one with kids and even the little bit of small group that we're doing right here with the conflict group. Um, that's okay. That number is kind of okay. And they're also the right age, too. Yeah. They're, not, yeah. they're not so crazy. But um, I, I don't... I, I, I think youth ministers are one of the greatest people in the world, but well, you know, I, the, I don't have the patience for it. One of the things that we've heard, um, and I, I can't think of the direct stories because we get a lot of testimonies kind of flowing through, but it's like my child has completely changed in this arena or that arena. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's like they're not angry anymore. They're not this anymore. Mm-hmm. And often it's pretty quickly after getting ministry. And um, so I, I see that happen with you. I know Andrew does ministry to a lot of young people. Mm-hmm. And their parents are like, I don't know what's happening in there, but I'll, you know, it, it's working, you know, and... Um, but Andrew, I, I know you probably, you create a place of accountability for them. And I think that's been missing in this world. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Kids do not feel accountable. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes back on them, it can't blame, not all this blame shifting you know, that happens. It's everybody else's fault. No, no, it comes back to you. What choices are you making? And mm-hmm. when that shift can happen, kids are really, you know, it's, it's an empowerment moment that they can make the difference mm-hmm. by just their choice. Yeah. Choice is everything. Choice mm. is everything. I agree. All right. You want to close us in prayer? Or would, actually, would you pray That's for the parents? Would you pray for parents who are listening? Yeah. yeah. And kids and, and whatever kids. else is on your heart. Yeah. Well, Lord Jesus, I just thank you, first of all, that you said that um, let the children come to you. And so, Lord, we do. We ask you, Lord, to, to just keep our minds and hearts open as um, folks who work with kids and especially as parents, Lord, that as parents, we would find that time, that crucial time, that time that where you would say, let them come to me and we would bring them to you, Lord, and just that fun and loving time that we have. And you've empowered us as parents to have the children, Lord, and let us trust in that. Let us trust that this is a partnership with you and in families, Lord, that the dynamic of your presence be there, that they would learn to just allow 
the family to live into this place of bringing everything to Jesus. And I just thank you, Lord, for that. And we ask your hand and protection over all the children that yes, in this world, Lord. And, and uh, as you continue to break through the yes, confusion Jesus. that they're seeing, Lord, that you bring truth, and it's your truth that sets them free. So we thank you for this, for them, for their parents, and for um, the world, which will be a far better place. Mm. Far better place. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 As always, like, comment, and share this podcast, and go to Amazon and buy the book, Hearts That Matter Much. Hearts That Matter Much. There it is. There it is. And Lightforce University, you can take the course. You can take the conference. That's right.